Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Crucial conversations. Got Jamal back in the car again, heading to work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Good morning. <laughs> so yesterday's episode, we talked about intentionality and wanting to, you know, get that constant improvement. Loved the episode. Loved the episode. Um, but I, but I ended it with, what happens if you're being evaluated for things that you don't think need to be evaluated on? Well, I shouldn't say. Let me back up. I'll, 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 I'll give a scenario because I get these emails sometimes. And quite frankly, sometimes earlier in my career, when I was starting to talk about this crazy class, I started to call innovation, open source learning. They were like, well, you should be so lucky. I could never do something like that because my principal only focuses on the test scores. And mm-hmm. my heart hurt when I'd read that. But what do you say about that, Jamal? I mean, like a teacher that wants to get feedback and they want to improve as a teacher, but they're in a school system that is only focused on just test data. Well, let me, let me just address the elephant in the room that's uh, drinking tea at the table. All schools focus on test scores. Like every administrator, you have to focus on test scores because that's how you feed your family. That's how we all feed our families. That at the end of the year, that is the only thing that we look at to determine w- what we are really doing in schools. It's it's our accountability measure. It lets us know if students are are learning, and then you can make an argument to say that the test don't you know don't mean anything. But like let let me just say this: there's a test for everything in life. Um, if you want to be a hairdresser, you got to take a test. You want to be a lawyer, you got to take a test. You want to be a school administrator, school teacher, you have to take a test. Like everything, be a doctor, you got to take a test. So it's, it's not like testing is, is a waste of time. It actually has some validity um, and it actually prepares students for high stakes testing in their professions that require it. Um, you might not have to take a test to work at Home Depot, um, but you definitely need to know how to take a test. So just get, get that out the way. Now, here's here's the thing. When you're being evaluated and you don't believe in, you know, that students, you know, a student's growth shouldn't solely be based on um, test scores, then there's a lot of validity validity to to that stance and that uh, mindset. But here's the thing, like the, the, the question that I that I always pose to to people, we we have to take a test. And it's very hard to evaluate someone on a test that students haven't taken yet. Um, we can do strategies and we can build up to those things. But like as an individual teacher, you have to think about your why and why you teach and how like how is it that you can use the test to develop skills within students? Because there are a lot of opportunities to develop skills within students to cause them to grow by going through the process of taking the test that is assigned to your class. And then what you also have to do, and it's exactly what you did, Don, you have an open source um, innovation in, in learning class that, that you started. And the, the politics that were involved and the alignment and the convincing, it didn't start off great, Don, and I'll let you tell that story. But like, as you mentioned, like your class didn't start off great. It really wasn't where you wanted it to be. You had to deal with people. You had to deal with their attitudes. You had to grow, but you also had to align that class and it had to make sense for the school. And that class 
had to be somewhere on the trajectory of preparing students mm. for a test. Wow. Um, mm, using my own words against me. I love it. <laughs> so, no, you're right. I, you're right. I, boy, um, going back, gosh, that was what, nine years ago? Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. To get this thing off the ground, Jamal's 100% correct. Uh, for full context, I actually, for full context, I watched a TED talk from Dan Pink and thought, why not here? Why not now? And, and quite frankly, for all those people out there listening that have done a genius hour, you know exactly what I went through because the whole genius hour thing. So we, we created a class instead of genius hour. Um, we created an, an entire class around it, but it, I did start off with a genius hour almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't have to have, ask permission for that. You're correct. But then when I did ask for permission, they were like, well, how does this hit the standards? Boom. And uh, I had to prove that. And then right. quite frankly, and quite frankly, um, they were still willing to go along with it. So I've got to give credit where credit's due. But yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I had, actually, I wrote about this in my book. You know, I, I had them research standards. So, because every time they wanted to work on a project, they had to submit a proposal. I tried mm-hmm. to make this like a learning innovation hub. And anytime you'd work for any other corporation, you want to start a new venture, you'd write pretty much an executive summary or a, or a business model canvas. So yes, Jamal, you're hundred percent correct. I had them say, you know, Hey, because, because the class was an elective, um, we made it up as we went along uh, every time a student's, even if they are saying, Hey, I want to start a project like, I'll just do a, um, like an early project. Some students like, Hey, I want to learn how to, you know, make a basic game and see if I can get it on the iTunes store. Okay. You're hitting a standard somewhere. And so I I did have to admit, you're right, that that worked because if the student was really motivated to want to do it, um, they would research the standards. And in some cases, they're like, I'll be darn. Hey, Wetrick, come here. (laughs) And they're like, did you know that I'm hitting standard 7.2? I'm like, huh. Huh. So, yeah, yeah, like this this uh, uh, English teacher and, 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 and journalism teacher all of a sudden was somehow in some ways we're hitting standards in science and technology and, and, and it's like, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and it's, and it's, and it's alignment. Like you can't go into a organization, any organization and not align with the values of the company. And I think that's, I think that is a fundamental problem with say our why, or just the question that you posed is what we want sometimes is we want our leaders to facilitate our wants and our desires and leaders want the the people that they lead to facilitate their wants and their desires and there's a constant clashing of those things as opposed to like hey you come here let's look at this problem together like our focus is in the school the students okay so i I came into the class so we've been here and, you know, here's, here's what students are actually doing. You know, the students in a 50-minute class in Don Wectric's class looked up standards, wrote a proposal, discussed, um, you know, evaluated uh, each other's ideas and did all that. But then they go to Ms. Yaconelli's class and they write five sentences in, in 50 minutes. Like, like there's, a, there's a disparity in those things, whereas... Uh, on, on one end, okay, so Don 
you took the time to, all right, let's let's really build this class and let's make it align with the values of, of the system. But then over in Ms. Jacqueline's class right next door, Ms. Jacqueline is like, we need to teach kids how to be leaders. And, you know, these things are not important because when are they ever going to do blah, 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 blah in life? And every day, like, you know, I, I tell kids all the time, like when I talk biology, when are we ever going to use this information in life? You want to have kids? Chemistry class. Uh, you know, all my all my girls, maybe be like Miss Crook, I'm going to be a hairdresser. I don't I don't need to learn no chemistry. Oh, yes, you do. Unless you want to burn somebody's head head off. Um, with that perm, like there's chemicals in the perm, i.e. chemistry. So the more you understand how things react with each other, the the, the better hairdresser you're going to be. <clears throat> there are certain things that you won't do because you understand the chemistry behind them. Everything connects. And the thing is, the problem is, Don, we don't look for connections. Yeah, there you go. Expound on that because I totally agree. We don't look for connections. So like, okay, here is my desire. And we have to question our own uh, desires as well. Like, like, how does this connect with what we're doing? Yes. And 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 your your desire may be valid, but it might not be for right now. Right. Well, like, there I, are a lot of. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I I hate that I keep bringing this quote up probably every four episodes, but that whole education could be boiled down to: Are you solving interesting problems and in the leadership to get it done? Because, you know, you said the connections. What problem is it solving? I remember a long, long, long time ago, I was a part of uh, the Microsoft Innovative Educators Forum or whatever. And mm-hmm. the, the vice president there took the stage and he said a question. He says, um, <clears throat> if you ask the question why you're teaching, what you're teaching, and the only answer is because it's on the test, you're really not teaching education. <laughs> or or you know, something yeah. along those lines. Like, you're just... You're just teaching for the sake of teaching. You're not necessarily solving a problem or showing the connections of why you need this. So I really right. like that. It resonates with me. Yeah. And we have to look for connections. And like, that's a part of growth as well. And you're not always going to get your way. Um, retreat is is just as strong a strategy as attack. And, you know, you can you can take that for what you will. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're, we're so in attack mode and we're so in defense mode and we like to play the victim. But like I'm here to tell somebody like things don't happen to you. They happen because of you. And like the only thing that's stopping you from doing exactly what it is that you want to do is you. Whether your intentions and here's the thing, whether your intentions are evil or whether they, they are good. The only thing that's stopping you is you, but we have to understand as, as educators and as, and as people of uh, people of good standing, we have to realize that like our mission and our desire and our why has to align with the growth and development of students. So if, if, if my superintendent or my principal say, hey man, we need to write more because writing is going to allow us to um, our students to grow and, and test better. I have to, I have to develop then and within myself, the why behind students should be writing in my class because I'm the one that's going to have to facilitate it. I'm the one that's going to have to bring this thing to life. I'm just not going to be like, yeah, my principal said or my superintendent said that I got I to gotta do it like this. No, I got to bring that junk to life. Hey, y'all, when you're going to write for the rest of your life, as a matter of fact, when you're driving down the street, you look around, what do you, what do you constantly see? Oh, we see letters, Mr. Crook. We see words. 
Exactly. So we're going to we're going to become so good at using words. We're going to be able to communicate effectively. We're going to talk about our writing. We're going to read other people's writing. We're going to get feedback on writing and we're going to bring that. We're going to bring it to life. And that's the thing. Like we have to realize as educators, like our intentions change the trajectory of students, our beliefs alone. So so it's how we approach what it is that we do every day. Mm. That is extremely important. And, and even if you're in another organization, your intentions is going to impact somebody. Even if you're in McDonald's, if you have bad intentions, you spitting somebody's food, that's going to make them sick. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, like you're in a school and, and you have bad intentions uh, t- towards the kid. That's going to that's going to hinder that child's progress. If you're a police officer and you put a kid in handcuffs and you put him in the back of your car and charge him with battery for a fight that happened in the neighborhood. Um, and you release him to his parents, but you put it on his record that he got charged with battery when he tries to be a teacher, it's going to impact his ability to be a teacher. That happened to me, by the way. I got called down to professional standards before I even became a teacher. Like, what happened in 2000? Well, I was 10. Oh, really? I know you were 40, but like, I was only 10 <laughs> um, in 2000. And yeah, so, 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 so we have to realize that our, that our actions alone, and we have to bring those things to life and we have to find relevance for them within ourselves and for others, because we're in the position of leadership when you're in that classroom. And that is a thing that you must realize that when those doors close, you become the superintendent and the principal of that classroom. You're trusted in that capacity to do things that are positive for those students. And if you, and if you miss that, and you get bogged down by, well, we have to do this. No, you have the opportunity to do it. And if you don't, if you don't feel like what you're doing is is right or it, it doesn't align, either either move up or move out. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. Um, I like that quite a bit. Uh, it's funny, though. I was thinking and only because I enjoy me some 80s and 90s hip hop you're talking about either being on attack mode or retreat mode. And I'm going to call this the Buster Rhymes rule of being in flip mode. <laughs> but, but, but like that finding the middle way, I, I seriously, I was like, I'm sorry. When you were going off that tangent, I'm like flip mode uh, because in flip mode, you can find those connections and you can uh, like, you can find that middle way. You can appease the, okay, I still have to hit the standards, but I still can do the things that I want to do because I'm focusing on what this means and the creativity and the, the long-term effects of it. So I'm forever going to, I'm forever going to call this the Buster Rhymes rule. Um, yeah. Cause we're in flip mode. Flip mode. Flip mode. All right. I know I, I hear that you're not driving, which means that you're at school. So um, <clears throat> we will wrap it up there. But that is a good thing to end on, on uh, finding flip mode. Thank you, Buster Rhymes, if you're going to listen to this. And I will be tagging him and seeing if he will interested. And we will happily have Buster Rhymes uh, if he ever wants to be on and talk about why he's dangerous. What? Maybe he can put <laughs> his hands where my eyes can see. <laughs> pass the cavassier all right uh, i'll end it there i will shamelessly quit stop quoting 90s hip-hop in 2000s actually all right for jamal crook this is don wetrick good episode again today jamal good episode so reminding you is opportunities are everywhere we'll see you